Welcome to another episode of Hempire. I'm your host, Pete Barenberg, here always with my trusty co-host and CEO and founder of PureWell, Nick DeFrancesco. Nick, how's it going today? Pete, I'm doing, I'm doing better than good. I have somebody on here that I'm very excited to talk to. And uh, well, first of all, tell everybody who we're, who we're going to be speaking with. Well, the man is a pioneer in the industry of not only music, but we're talking about live events. We're talking about branding with music. We're talking about branding with events, branding with artists. And he actually took the digital age of business from BMG to start making it what it is today. And we're talking about the almighty and powerful Keeve Huffman. How you doing, Keeve? I'm doing great, uh, Pete and Nick. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Pleasure having you have on, of course. And what an introduction. Keith, I mean, I, very well, very well earned. That's for sure. I mean, we could go into a, a myriad of things that you've done in your in your uh, career, of course. But we here, obviously, talking about cannabis um, on here on Empire, and and so you've talked, you've worked with a lot of big brands, artists to bring them into cannabis. You've also worked with uh, recently with with Slipknot to launch their own uh, cannabis line. Um, take me through what it takes to get a deal like this done with someone that's been already had a lot of success. I mean, how much do you have to put out your neck to make this happen for, for anyone with that type of stature? Well, first of all, it's, it's, we don't, you know, so I've, I've built a lot of different brands, right? And one thing that I'm very careful with, um, and we are careful with at our company is we, we generally shy away from building celebrity brands and, you know, so, it's we're super selective if we are going to work with us with with a a artist of any sort um and there's a lot of reasons for that having worked in the music industry i know that artists are um you know they're creatives right so it's very easy right. for them to get very excited about something and then you know go off to the next shiny object very quickly and so um and then you've all you run the you, there's there's just brand risk associated with with doing a uh, a celebrity type brand because you don't know what that that celebrity is going to do right and uh that your your whole <laughs> brand equity could you know kind of go down the toilet but but typically so what what we look for first and foremost is um is whether or not there's truly an authentic connection to the audience and that it's real right because a lot of a lot of artists have tried to jump into cannabis because they see it as a quick way to make a buck right and and the reality is is that there's no quick way to make a buck in cannabis um you know and uh, it's, it's <laughs> that's for sure uh, it's like certainly may look like that from the outside but it's it, it's 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 really challenging and it's really hard and really the only the only music focused brands that are celebrity focused that have survived and made it are the ones that are associated with authentic ogs like the snoops like the willie nelsons right it's like look these guys like that's where they come from like this is part of their essence and therefore it is authentic and so when um when when we were talking to clown from from slipknot this was something that was very important to him you know he he has used cannabis for medicinal purposes in his own life for a very very long time it really has helped him through a lot of challenging times. And, you know, for those in the audience who know a lot about the history of Slipknot, like that band has been through a lot, you know, they've that's had a for lot. sure. 
a lot of a lot of challenges. And so cannabis has been sort of this steady thing that's kind of helped him 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 through it. And so when we decided to launch Clown Cannabis with him last year, um, it was coming from an authentic place, and that was important. And that was the only way that we knew that we were going to you know be able to truly um, launch a brand around him as a celebrity in a way that was going to work. And um, because as you guys have pro- you know seen, like how many rappers are coming out with their own strain and then they're here today, gone tomorrow. You're like, uh, you know, next, you know, it's like they're. It's oversaturated. It's, let's be honest. Yeah. And then, you know, also, I think it's also important, you know, and look, this is just an, a general approach that, 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 that we take to branding is, you know, we start with the, we start with the target audience first. Right. And so when you look at the target audience of the rap community, completely oversaturated when it comes to cannabis brands. Right. And it's just like, okay, we don't, we don't really like, we'll go over here, right. Where there's not <laughs> saturation, you know, because right, there's course. more opportunity. And, and so that's when we decided to launch heavy grass, um, which is the umbrella brand for our hard rock, heavy metal audience of which uh, clown cannabis, you know, is a collab, you know, so we, we create, lifestyle brands around a community and then we will bring in artists but we will use our uh umbrella brand as you might want to call it you know the the heavy grass to sort of you know do the collaboration uh with with the artists and so what what we'll we'll go after is like you know we're looking for where like there aren't a lot of brands already right which is pretty easy to find honestly in cannabis because it's it's kind of crazy even to, to this point like it seems like almost all of the brands are going after the same audiences you know like now whether you're talking about the rap audience or whether you're talking about the like the connoisseur like heavy you know heavy consumers or whether you're talking about there's been a real rush you know over the last several years to kind of go after what they call the soccer moms you know or the or the housewives like the more low dose like kind of but if you really take a look at it, like you can go a little deeper, you say like, all right, if you look at all of these different kind of targeted audiences, like what's their cannabis brand? And almost there's really not one for the vast majority of audiences out there. So it's, it's still very early days. Um, so hopefully that answered your question. I kind of went off on a few tangents there, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, there, there's, the whole the whole the whole like concept around creating brands right now in cannabis is still an evolving um uh situation because you know i think we were talking about this nick a little bit you know before we came on the air is that most brands right now are being created with the sole idea of getting shelf space in their local dispensaries versus like being created because they want to authentically connect to a specific audience and enhance that the, the that the lives of that audience right delight that audience connect with that audience and and really look at it like okay what products make sense for that audience versus what products do i have that i want to sell right absolutely uh, 
I mean, there's a lot of people that th they don't care about it being cool. They actually have pain. They have inflammation. They have anxiety. They have real problems <laughs> because of everything that's going out in the world. And they need a brand that they can stay behind and they can trust because of the values. And that was another thing that we talked about. Um, we talked about all the brands that you normally see. We always get uh, kind of compared to alcohol or to these types of things where you see a Johnny Walker or Jim Bean, or these have stories behind it. Budweiser, these are families that fought in prohibition or have fought for something that we are. And that's kind of what we do at Purewell as well. And I feel like there should be more of that. So do you feel like celebrities might not be the best option? Do you feel that, think maybe social in media influencers would do any better? We've heard both arguments that celebrities are more reliable and easier to coordinate campaigns with and influencers can be a hassle. But again, are we still getting away from the fact, is it quality and what the brand really stands for and how it can help you as a person instead of just the person who's talking about it? Yeah. So, you know, kind of getting back to what I was saying before is like, I, we, we really shy away from really focusing on individuals, right? It, uh, to, as the brand spokesperson, as the brand itself, because ultimately at its core, if you look at any other like consumer packaged goods industry in the world, they first start off with a consumer need or a consumer sort of base. Right. And then work backwards from that to kind of figure out like what product or products make sense for that audience. And so that's the approach that we try to take as well, because and and, and so some of these audiences, when you're talking about um, cannabis are more on the you know medicinal side. Right. It's like, hey, particularly as you start to get into like, you know, the older demographics, which is a huge opportunity. Right. For cannabis, which is like, hey. And it's, in, it's interesting because I put my mother into this category because um, she would have never considered taking, you know, consuming cannabis. Exactly. Up. Right. And meanwhile, she takes it now because it helps her with her, her lupus arthritis, you know, and it's, 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 it, it allows her, it's one less pharmaceutical she has to take. Right. Because, and, um, and I think that whole uh, generation now has really kind of, you know, made a, a significant transition. Um, and, but yet to this day, like, where are, where are those brands? Like, where is the, where is the brand for my mother? It doesn't exist. Right. Keith, we're right here. <laughs> that's, that's what we're saying. And, uh, and that's okay. So, so look, you've basically worked with all of major music, film, TV companies. You've worked with major brands like Apple, Microsoft, Mountain Dew, Jägermeister. I mean, you know, it could rattle these off forever. But the truth is, is that what do you think it's going to take for cannabis to make a brand name as recognizable as Apple, Microsoft, where the stigma is gone or because maybe it helps somebody? What do you think we could do? Well, I think at its core, it's like it, it just starts from the base is that the brand itself needs to be created with 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 a with an international audience really in mind. And it doesn't necessarily I'm not even, you know, you know, like uh, actually maybe even a better way to say it is a borderless audience in mind. Right. It's like, who is this for? Right. And if the brand is created for an audience that um, exists everywhere in the world, then you've already got a leg up on most of the brands that are currently being created in cannabis, 
right? And so, because as things now are starting, you know, look, it's a matter of, of when, not if, right? Like things are moving, you know, trending towards, you know, we're, we're going towards legalization. You know, I was just down in Mexico last week. It's like, it's incredible what's going on down there right now. Like things are going to be happening very quickly over the next couple of years. I mean, what, what's, what's, I mean, how, how embarrassing is us as, 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 you know, as you know, U.S. citizens that like Canada, we're the, we're going to be the last country in North America to go legal, <laughs> right. right? I mean, right. Like, what's going on here? Um, we were used to be the first in everything, right? It used to be that way. <laughs> I, I don't really know what's going on here, but um, but you know, regardless, is like you know, when I was down there in in Mexico, what you see is like you know. They they love they love American brands, you know, down down course, in Mexico, right. Right? right? You know, and so the fact that we were down there with our brands, um, we were promoting at a at a festival down there. It was called the Machaca Festival. It was like forty thousand people in Monterey, Mexico. First time ever that cannabis brands were, you know, activated, represented, presented to the general public at a music festival. Like I didn't even realize this until after we were done, and like my 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 business partner down there, she's like, "Keith, I didn't really want to freak you out, like kind of leading into this, but you do realize that this was incredibly groundbreaking, and that this has never been done before in the history of Mexico." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and could you think that just a couple of years ago that that was even the case? Like exactly. I mean, someone to say that where again, we're, we're constantly fighting this. And I, I remember you saying in an interview recently, cannabis has literally been, and I don't want to take your words out of your mouth, but the hardest industry for you. I mean, you said those words. I mean, do you feel that way still? I mean, it's gotta be right. I mean, people have no idea how hard it is to be in cannabis as an industry. Yeah. I mean, by, yeah, by, magnitudes of you know multiples of whatever you want number you want to put on it's the hardest industry ever because because of all the uncertainties because of the legal restrictions because of the because of the hurdles that even all the even private companies put on you right like the 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 platforms like you know you know the social media platforms the advertising platforms that you know the rules are constantly changing like where is the bar and even they won't even tell you what the rules are right like you know and 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 so it's just super it, it's just every everything out there you know not not having access to banking not having access to you know having to do things in this country state by state i mean it's really crazy right like it's like i've saw like i'd say you know, during what that fir that first green rush that happened, this was probably like 2017, 2018, um, all this funny money was being thrown into all these businesses, you know, um, and my last company was one of them. Honestly, we, we, we raised a crazy amount of money yet, you know, 25 million over over six years. And, and but it was a lot of it was being fueled from the Canadian public markets because, you know, um, those companies got really overvalued obviously and then they came crashing down in 2019 but but anyway during the 28 that boom you see a lot of these bigger uh, cannabis companies were recruiting uh, a lot of senior execs from outside industries and i was thrilled right it's like fine we're getting some you know some professionals coming in there i mean look, there's been a lot of amazing professionals within the industry um 
but then there's been some like not so amazing professional, you know, not <laughs> of course. truly professionals within the industry as well. And so it's like, all right, we're finally getting some of this expertise to come in. And particularly on the marketing side, how many like high profile CMOs came into these companies and they left screaming within like six months, right? Because it's like their entire toolbox was like thrown out the window. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I can't do this or this or this. It's like, no, you have to basically reimagine the rules because you have to figure out like everything from scratch. And that's not for everyone. And, and, and so oh, it's, it's your... and thrilling, mm. but, but for most people, it freaks them out. And, and that's what makes this industry so both exhilarating and, but also incredibly frustrating. Right. Um, I mean, people don't even understand that we can't market on any traditional platform. Like you said, there's like a cliff notes of marketing of how to build a company. You know, I might as well just throw that out the window because none of it applies to cannabis at all. You can't even market on Instagram, Facebook. People don't realize this. Any Google, you know, I mean, there's just when the normal things that everyone's like, yeah, I'll just put myself on Google. I'll just, you know, we'll just throw some ads up on Facebook and Instagram. Again, very basic to, to major marketing strategies that we talk about in multi-million dollar companies, but something that simple, even talking about influencers and talking about celebrities, where so many people don't even want to talk about cannabis and CBD and they're censored, but also we haven't caught up. And because of that, right. We go through a lot of hoops and it's for the best of the best. I feel like it's the Marines. It's truly the top of the top that make it successful in cannabis. And it's because, and we're going to get back into this, understanding it's not about slapping your name on something. It's going to take time. It's not going to hold weight because everybody's tired of that. Everybody wants a quality product. They want a, They want something they can believe in, something that's actually going to help them, that stimulate. You know, this is why I made this show, you know, that we're, we're doing this, to bring people on like you to talk about the ins and outs of the industry so people understand, but really understand and legitimize cannabis on a medical level, but also bring awareness to the deaf ears that are happening out in the world right now. Um, and it can be from... You, it could be from athletes, it could be from anyone that so many people are getting benefits from this plant that's going on deaf ears. Or how about if you want to take cannabis and you believe in it, where do I go? Where's the quality control? Where's the regulation? You know, you talked about, um, you know, something, on, uh, it's an article on Benzinga about music and cannabis branding. And I wanted to ask you a few things, because obviously we talk about Bob Marley, uh, Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, the Mount Rushmore of musicians who have devoted life and their career to cannabis, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, and then you have pro popular musicians who have been very involved in their brands, but neither put themselves at the forefront of the brand. And that's kind of what you mentioned before. And they're letting the quality speak for themselves. And it seems to be successful. Why do you think that's being successful? Well, because look, I, you know, it goes back. So what my, at my last company, um, it was called prohibited media. We, we had an in-house agency. We worked on over 60 different brand projects and we turned down a lot of brand, uh, brand projects because we didn't believe in them. Um, but one of the one of the brand projects that we did believe in um, was uh, 
working with this guy named Shavo. And Shavo is the is is um, for those of you who don't know, the bass player for uh, S- System of a Down, and um, he came in because he is a he's a true believer. It's it's authentic. He 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 um, he believes in the power of the plant, and for him, everything was about um, was about quality. You know, like it was super important to him. Like he wanted to have incredible quality control for his brand. So one of the first things that we we did was like, uh, look, um, Chavo, uh, you know, you should first of all let's not put you first front and center here. Let's let's create a brand that kind of makes sense, and then you can kind of help, um, you know, bring awareness to this brand. And and the brand is it's called Twenty Two Red. It's in a lot of states now. Um, I think they're in more than um, a handful of states, but they started here in California. And what's interesting is I just ran into Shava recently, and he told me he's like, look, man, at this point, like I actually try almost try to hide from my brand. I don't even want people to know that I'm part of this brand. Right. Because I want the brand to stand on its own, you know, and 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 I stand behind the quality. I stand behind, you know, um, what it stands for. And I will always talk about it. You know, obviously it's my baby, but, you know, I don't want to get in the way of it because it's its own thing. So to me, that's why that's working. And that's why 22 Red is in multiple states now, because most of these brands don't make it out of a single state because, they don't again there it's it's almost like a vanity project for some of these guys right, right. I, I just want to see right. my i want to see my name on a package right or i want to see my name on a strain you know i want my own <laughs> right. strain that was like the big thing and it's still it's like i want to have my own genetics and it's like you know well good luck with that i mean um <laughs> and, and and but but yeah so um you know i think that that is really it like at the end of the day, let's face it, consumers, you know, you got to don't you got to give consumers a lot of credit. You know, they're 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 you know, they're they're pretty intelligent at the end of the day. People know they can see through they have incredible BS detectors. Right. It's like they see through this. Like, look, if this is not coming from an authentic place, then then they're going to see through it. And so if they're looking for like, look, I want I need a consistent you know, quality experience that that helps it aids me in in whatever it may be, aids me in relaxing, aids me in 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 with my pain, aids me in being able to go out and have a good time. You know, whatever it may be, right? Whatever the experience may be, um, it's like they're not like looking and like, well, well, what celebrity's name is is on the package? They're looking on what brand can I rely on? Because I know that they're gonna that this delivers for me, and those are the brands that are gonna succeed. And that's what we're starting. The the cream is starting to rise, right? A little bit, and it's it's bit by bit, man. Because it's like there's not a whole lot of those out there still. No, and and I mean we were we were reading something yesterday about you know nerds and 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 nerd ropes and how people just basically plagiarize off of just regular candy bars and things like that. I mean, any way they can get into cannabis, they're going to do it to make a quick buck. And look, for the rest of us that haven't been doing that, it's it's been a journey. It's been a long journey, but it's a rewarding journey. 
because people come to us every day and say, look, thank God you're doing it right. Thank God you're, you're pairing with people that are doing this. And, and that's all I wanted to get through um, and say, especially to someone like you who is always worried about brands doing the right thing. I mean, you've lost some amazing, I mean, your story is, is incredible. And, um, and I really wanted to get you on to see coming from other industries, coming from the music. I mean, look, I think it's extremely smart going into non-saturated markets, not going into reggae and rap, because let's be honest. I mean, reggae and rap are, you know, if, if you thought marijuana, you think Jamaica, you think Rasta, I mean, that's what everybody's like, oh, people are going to get high or rappers always smoking weed on camera. And I'm sure you've got some crazy stories about that, too. So going into, again, Slipknot, Hard Rock. But you also have something going on now with um, an EDM. I think um, you're focusing on, you're working with a company that founders have been in the club scene. So EDM, and uh, you're tapped into all the music major, major uh, music festivals and events. What are the opportunities maybe in the dance market. Again, I, I'm trying to understand from a, a music point of view. It's not really my specialty. It's definitely yours. What are they saying in that industry or that part of the music industry? Well, look, there's uh, there's so many opportunities right now um, it, because like, kind of getting back to, I think my one of my first points is like, look, there aren't, there aren't brands that are targeted for these audiences right now. Right. You know, so, so it's like, hey, you can almost take a dartboard out, right, and put every single music genre on there and throw the darts and, like, you know, you're going to land on one that doesn't have a cannabis brand. Um, the two that are oversaturated, you mentioned, right, rap and reggae. You know, it's like shooting right. fish in a barrel, right? You know, it's like... I mean, it's, it's like insane. <laughs> like there's, and, but, you know, like, you look at almost every other, you know... Um, genre. Well, they also don't even stay around to, to build a name, right? I mean, a lot of these rappers are one in one day, out the other. Um, they don't have sustainability. And of course, that doesn't help the brand or the industry as a whole as it is. So, yeah, well, it's like interesting. We were, um, we were part of a, uh, a, a panel. Uh, this was back, I think, last December at, at, a, at a conference called Hall of Flowers. Um, and it was uh, it was Be Real um, from from Cypress Hill. Um, Shavo was there. Um, clown, we had Clown on, um, and then um, you know there were a few a few others. But like I think Be really kind of laid it out there in a way that I felt was um, you know really like poignant in how he he, he called out. It's like look, the only. The only brands that are going to be successful are the people that are coming into it, that are putting in the time. They're going to lay down the groundwork. And also, when I say laying down the groundwork, it's like you're showing up, right? It's not like, oh, I've got my people that are going to go out now and promote this. It's like you're going to the dispensaries. You're going to the events. You're putting yourself out there because if you believe in something, then you need to kind of be out there and showing that you truly are do believe it and i'll give b you know look he's got two brands right now in cannabis he's got insane which is doing really well and then he's got his dispensary chain called dr green thumb and so he like I but he's doing it right he's doing it right because he's you building know? it like ground from the ground floor up and he's showing up and and again that gets to that that authenticity right like the audience like like look oh b's showing up like he's 
this is his thing. He believes in this, right? And this is, and like, oh, I got to check it out. I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a great product or this is a great dispensary. Um, Isn't that kind of sad though now in society where we feel like a good contractor is just one that shows up to, to work on your house? Like, um, and you're talking about brands. And again, you're coming from a, a, an un unbelievable lineage, but brands that lived and breathed it. Again, going back to alcohol or going back to these brands that have been around for a hundred years where this has been their life. I mean, they believe in everything that this stands for, whether it's uh, sneakers to clothing to food, um, but just behind what they do and back. And this is just not the case anymore. Let's sprinkle a couple affiliates. Let's get some influencers. Let's throw a slap of celebrity on there. Why I think it's important is the people, these people, these celebrities, these influencers could be musicians, could be politicians, could be anybody that gets behind it because it actually helped them for sh their own story. <laughs> and having a company that understands that and builds quality and wants to give you something that you'll take, but it'll actually help you in whatever you're trying to deal with on an everyday basis. Or the fact that you have somebody said, look, you know, we have a lot of people on and said, look, I've been fighting with addiction. I've been looking with opiate abuse or, and these ex very experienced high profile doctors told me to do this. If I would have just known that there was an alternative like cannabis that had no side effects to help me, I wish I would have known that a long time ago because a lot of these things wouldn't have happened. But understanding the brands too, building a brand that worries about quality and bringing that to the people. And I just, I know that's something that's got to be important to you, especially with all the minutia that's in, uh, you know, music and, and, you know, everything else is out there. There's a lot of real musicians that are, you know, when they speak from the heart and they make a song, it's because they live that song, right? They came from a place where they made that song because it meant something to them. You're talking about Slipknot, went through a, a ton of stuff. Um, but there's a lot of different bands that use their stardom for positivity. Coldplay, U2, I mean, we can go on and on and on. So why don't us not just use it for our star status, but really the medical benefits of it? And again, I know I'm hammering this home, and I know that this is important to you, but because there's not a lot of this in the industry... Why? Because everybody's trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. Well, and also there still is, look, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of artists that um, for either personal reasons or, um, you know, industry reasons are very uncomfortable about kind of being out front about this. So like, yep. you know, so still you've got like, like, let's, let's go to, let's move over to sports for a minute, you know, um, so you see a guy like Al Harrington, um, former NBA player who created an incredible brand called Viola. And it's named after his mother because, and it's an authentic brand because this is something that helps, has helped his mother, has helped his family. And also um, he's trying to really take an approach of like bringing this to the, the black communities, you know, of like quality products that have uh, represent the medicinal benefits of, of cannabis. But, you know, the one thing about Al is he's retired, right? So that's where he's can go out there. It's like, 
these guys that are active athletes, they can't they can't mess with their endorsements. They also get drug tested, so they don't want to put a you know bullseye on themselves. Um, we had a we had a brand at my um, at my last company that was folks focused on action sports, and there were some actually top action sports uh, athletes that were investors in this company that could not be spokespeople in any way, shape, or form because action sports now is, is an Olympic sport. So like they would have been putting their Olympic careers in at risk by stepping forward. So these are some other, you know, these are some of the stigmas, some of the issues that we still kind of have to overcome to be able to have this become more of a, you know, destigmatized and, and be able to have these more mainstream conversations. So in many ways, music is really leading the charge because the musicians, they don't have to worry about that, you know, but although I will say we, we talked to a lot of musicians that are, um, and I will say there are some musicians that I know that are investors in a variety of different cannabis companies that prefer to stay behind the scenes still. You know, right. and, you know, it's to each their own, um, you know, but but it certainly isn't helping. Right. Because the more people we have out there kind of like talking about it, normalizing it, um, it just helps the, the industry as a whole. So I kudos to all these, you know, everyone who is out there. I'll tell you an industry that I'm, you know, a sport that I'm really excited about because they are starting to really take a much more uh, pro cannabis approach is MMA. You know, um, MMA, CB, they, they allow CBD sponsors um, uh, of, of, of their events and of their athletes. So, you know, they seem to be moving uh, really, you know, kind of, you know, kind of paving the way in, in many, many respects um, when it comes to athletics. And it's just, you know, look, we're just chipping away, man. We're getting there, you know, bit by bit, uh, you know, can, can't move fast enough for any of us, right, that are already in it and have been in it for a minute now. We had uh, we had Riley Coates on, and he talked about the NHL kind of turning a blind eye to positive drug tests and stuff, so they're starting to get it. We did have, and you said MMA, and of course, Joe Rogan, of course, is all about it, um, you know, always bringing on athletes, and, and, and because being in South Florida, you know, we have America Top Team here. We have most of the big MMA, guy, MMA guys are down here always. Uh, we see them constantly. But who did we have? Adriana Marias uh, just recently came to to our headquarters and loves our products, uses them and things like that. But he's the flyweight champion of the world in in one. And here's the thing. Can't bring it up. Can't even tell people this works for me because in Singapore, where his next fight is, it's completely outlawed to a point of it's like murder. So, I mean, someone that actually uses it and like, look, it actually helps me every day, not paid. We don't have anybody that's paid or sponsored or anything like that. These are real athletes that come to us that use our products and they say to them, you can't ever talk about it. Don't say anything. Don't put it on Instagram. Don't do anything because it's CBD and it's cannabis. And yet I have somebody like Kyle Turley come on and say, Oh my God, I've gone to everybody that's any type of thought leader and nobody wants to hear it. Um, knowing how the benefits that it is. So it's just, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about the path you laid out working on the digital side of BM, 
of BMG, one of the largest music companies in the world. Did you ever expect the digital disruption of streaming would hit music so hard that the idea of going to music to a music store and pick up an album or a single would nearly be obsolete? Well, certainly not when I started in the industry uh, did I think that, <laughs> although I was probably one of the earliest people in the industry to come around to thinking that. Um, and honestly, that's, that's a big reason why I ended up leaving the industry is because um, I, I was becoming the squeaky wheel. You know, it was like, hey, guys, like, look at this, look at this pent up demand that we haven't been, you know, um, serving and like, we need to change our business models and we need to change the way that we, um, that we, you know, uh, deliver music to fans. And, uh, at the time that was not a very popular opinion. It was more of like, well, how do we put this genie back in the bottle? You know, let's start putting copy protection on CDs. Like we really need to re widgetize, you know, the industry and get people back to buying shiny discs. And I was like, <laughs> Guys, those those days are, are long gone. They're long yeah. gone, right? And and I left, and you know, I was like, man, this is going to be ugly, and it was, you know. It, that, but now it's kind of come out on the other side, um, and and now the the industry is 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 healthy again. But you know, things got reconfigured, right? Like there's a lot, you know, more money in like certainly streaming. Obviously, is is become a lot more um, of where. Uh, the money's coming from, but there's also a lot of, a lot of the uh, um, sort of licensing opportunities have become bigger and bigger and bigger for making money. And certainly the live music aspects become a much more important part of like how musicians, you know, make their money now. Um, so it just kind of things like had to readjust. Um, and, but yeah, during that time, it was crazy because it was just so disruptive, right? It was like when when Napster first came out and all these. I things, mean, everyone remembers that. It was just like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, like, oh, I can get any music I want. Like, I can rip it, you know. And uh, and uh, yeah, well, look, it was a hard look when when you built an entire industry around like. Like, oh, you have to spend $18 for this shiny disc that's got 12 songs on it, of which you only want one or two. Right. Like, like, that's not really a very consumer-friendly offer, right? Right. Um, and, and so, you know, like the customers eventually, you know, of course, as they always do, they want, right? It's like, look, I want to be able to play whatever song I want to play whenever I want to play it. Pretty right. simple, right? You give me that and I'll sign up for it. And now like how many members does Spotify have? I have no idea, but like it's I uh, think it's over 100 million, I believe. Oh it's, yeah, it's it, insane. It's like throughout the world. It's it's huge. So um so like Hall of Fame artists both living and dead are cashing out and selling out their legacy so, uh you know songwriting catalogs. Now the record labels are offering their music to new artists to use them as an interplay. Do you think record labels need to look at different ways to operate now that they are doing this and uh, and maybe go about it a different way? Well, I mean, look, there's like, and, and I, I can't blame any of these artists right now for taking a big payout. Like, you know, it's sort of like, hey, who am I to say like, you know, yeah. you, you want right. to money's you money. Want, I mean, it's you want to set up your family for, you know, to be set for, you know, Gener you know, multi-generational wealth, you know, uh, opportunity, 
you know, I, I, I can't, you know, say, you know, that that's not the right thing to do. However, what's, what's, you know, what is starting to happen, right, is that, you know, having more and more of this consolidation is that, um, you know, look, these, these companies that are buying these catalogs, they're, they're, they're not, they're not in this for charity, right? So uh, they're, they're for-profit businesses. And so, um, you know, what, what will be interesting to see is just how they, how they try to continue to monetize that, you know, and, and there's always this constant look, and it's just market forces at play, right? Of like, well, the rights holders want more money and the consumers want easier access, you know, for less money. And so figuring out where that, where that balance is going to lie. Um, but I'm going to be fascinated. You know, I don't work in, in that industry, um, on that side of it anymore. Um, right. You know, no, I understand. It's, it's really, uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how things play out. I mean, I don't know how much more we could hit on the fact that this has been a great interview and, uh, hopefully we could, you know, maybe talk after the show. Um, but I mean, I don't know, take us out, Pete. We always want to say, this is why we're doing this show. We want to hear from you. Please like, subscribe, comment. Tell us what we could have done different. Tell me what I could have asked him differently. Give, you know, there could have been some other questions or how we can make this show better. I mean, we're here to do this for you, for the people. And, um, and we're just so happy that you came on here. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that, that, we didn't, that we didn't touch on? Well, I would love to mention that we are going to, uh, you know, again, sort of breaking new ground is we are going to allow the people to invest in our company. We're doing the first ever uh, brand. We're the first ever brand cannabis brand portfolio to go out and do a, uh, a crowdfund. And we will be launching that that soon. You can, um, you know, we'll be we'll be announcing that you can follow us. You can go to our website, engagerbrands.com. Um, you can go to my LinkedIn page and, and learn more, but, um, that's, that's something coming, uh, that I'm excited to, uh, to get going because, you know, the, the fact that if you're a music fan and a cannabis fan, um, you've never have had the opportunity to actually participate, you know? Uh, so we're going to, we're going to provide that opportunity here very soon. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, look, it's it's been it's been a pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having me on, and uh, you know let's uh, let's definitely you know keep in contact on all this stuff, and and as things continue to evolve and develop as as it relates to branding, I'm always happy to talk. I, I really appreciate that. Remember, check us out on Spotify, tuned in, uh, Apple to, uh, Apple Podcast, or obviously Cannabis Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in and. Take care, everybody. Get educated. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.